I think your mic is off. La 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 Well, and if you're still here after that, wasn't too loud, was it? You're adjusting the levels. Yeah, I got them down to zero on your the lady who sings and breaks the glass. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to the Mind Virus podcast. Fortunately, Bobby Flood is back. Yes, I'm fortunate indeed. Unfortunate. Is that what he said? I said fortunate. Now oh. that we talked for an hour, caught up about all the juicy, <clears throat> juicy, fun details that I know the listeners want to talk about that we never really talk about on the podcast because they're too sacred. <laughs> Did I just say that? <laughs> Secret. You said that. Secret. They're too, they're too damaging to uh, our characters, even though we're using stage names. Keep it secret. Keep it Keep safe. It safe. Is it secret? Is it safe? Yeah, it's good to be uh, back. Back behind the microphone. Any, uh, any, uh, anything the listeners should know about? In full disclosure, <laughs> I'd like to disclose, well, yeah, the uh, the character of Jordan Bruno has been heretofore played by an artificial intelligence. Now, the artificial intelligence podcast was fun. I, I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I had to talk Mission Impossible. Right. Now, you've seen that show, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we, we could do follow-up if you want to talk about it. I thought that was a pretty awesome show. Would, yeah, it was fun. Um, I went into it knowing, you know, I'd seen the Mission Impossible, so you know kind of what you're getting. And so I wasn't, I wasn't too, I wasn't trying to find any cool symbolism or anything. I was just enjoying Tom Cruise. I can't help things. it; it just jumps out at me. I no, just can't, I can't help but make something more out of the out of the movies. Right. Well, and, and the, I went into Barbie the opposite. I went into Barbie, yeah. looking for things. and see that for some reason that's just the way and, it goes in my life. It's like that. Okay, what are they? How are they preaching to us? And boy, here? did we find it in Barbie. Oh, geez. you didn't have to look too. I hard. didn't even want to watch it, <laughs> but I did want to watch Mission Impossible, which yeah, was great. Yeah. I saw it on the big screen. It was fun. Um, those those movies are they're just kind of they're just fun. They do such a good job. The Tom Cruise. Great stunts and car chases. Yeah. I mean, they make it just believable enough, but then it's totally unbelievable. Right. Yeah, like jumping a motorcycle off a cliff. Or some of the technology. through the window of a moving train. That was hilarious. Right onto the bad guy. Because it could have happened that way. It could have. (laughs) It could have. (laughs) And it's so funny because he staggers up dazed like, what happened? Oh, here you are. You're safe. Good. (laughs) But they do it, and Mission Impossible has always been this way. They do it with a little wink and a nod. We know this is completely ridiculous. We're not taking ourselves too seriously, but seriously enough. But seriously, it could have happened, as opposed to like Fast and Furious stunts, where it's like unbelievable. Right. (laughs) Like uh, there was a, if I'm remembering right, there was a fight between um, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and somebody else, maybe 
maybe Dom Toretto. I don't know. Vin Diesel. But they were, maybe it wasn't, it was, I think it was The Rock. Maybe it wasn't Dom. But they were throwing each other like through concrete and stuff. Yeah. You know, like the concrete was not as tough as <laughs> them. Have you ever seen um, any Bollywood stunts? No. <laughs> Is that worth it to watch any of that? They're in English, right? You can just find clips. They're just in, insane, like completely ridiculous. Like guys will like jump in the air and catch a bullet and like load the bullet into their gun and shoot, <laughs> shoot it, it out back. of their own gun and <laughs> shoot it they back. Or just things like this, like crazy stuff. And it's not, some of them aren't edited very well. And it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's worth going and looking some of those up there. Yeah. But the whole Bollywood scene is, uh, it's, uh, it's something a whole different world <clears throat> but uh you know i think um the other guys kind of clowns that whole uh stronger than concrete thing with the opening scene where the rock and uh oh is that the crime it's the uh, it's, it's a, a comedy show, right crime comedy what is will ferrell in will that ferrell one? and um Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. But the the opening scene, you got you got the alpha cops of the force. It's the the Rock and I think Samuel L. Jackson. I can't remember, but oh yeah, they're like the A team. They're, they, they're 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 first string yeah, on the they, on the homicide, and then they get themselves killed. They jump off a building, and they're like, "You thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, aim for the bushes," and they just die. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the movie's about Wahlberg and yeah, they have to kind of take over the case. And, yeah. That's a, that's a fun movie. A lot of great lines. I think I've seen that one, yeah. Will Ferrell and Wahlberg uh, actually work really well together. So uh, what are we talking about today? It's What is it? It's August still, right? It's 8-28-23. August 28, 2023. We're the Mind Virus Show. Right. Find us on the web at mindvirus.show and comment feel free to comment hey we appreciate all the comments we had uh tbm has checked in apparently the justice department suing spacex alleging discrimination against refugees is a big deal yeah so i i saw the headline and i why my first thought was are there a lot of rocket scientists like fleeing afghanistan like I, I didn't understand how, how do you discriminate against refugees when you're in, in why is it a big deal tbm is it because the government is interfering in hiring practices of... Uh, they're suing Elon Musk because they hate Elon Musk. That's what they're is doing. Is that what it is? They're harassing Elon Musk is what I think. Well, there's sort of like an Atlas Shrugged moment here. If you remember, if you remember Atlas Shrugged, the idea was that all the smart people were chased out of industry mm -hmm. and all the dumb people got control of it. Right. And I'm not saying refugees are dumb. But the point is, if people no, are unqualified, but dumb people are for a the ones. Space, space exploration company, you probably don't want to. Right, the hire dumb them. the dumb people are the ones saying you're not hiring enough of the right colored people, Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean the dumb people have have taken over the institutions. But then anyway, if you remember Atlas Shrugged, the society collapses. Right. Well, well you, you don't. I don't think you want somebody that's a, a diversity hire putting a rocket together well wasn't that one of the criticisms leveled at that submarine company that um where the submarine imploded yeah. the guy was like i think he had some people making running a lot of diversity hires but i think a lot of it was just him 
doing something incredibly risky. He, he was in, unqualified personally. Right. Right. Well, well we also yeah. had Dimitri chiming in. Dimitri's back. Hey, Dimitri. He says, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. I noticed that you have chosen a new closing theme. At least I don't recall hearing the beats at the beginning. Was this music generated by AI? That's what Dimitri asked. <laughs> um, no. When, when Bobby's not here, I usually shoot for the fastest possible solution, and I just grabbed a couple of mm -hmm. pieces of that, of that theme music and threw it up there. I like to mix it up a little bit. Sometimes I think I've started without any, any music before just to keep you on your toes. Anyway, the worst part about Dimitri here is he insulted uh, the killer's song Dancer over grammar or human. It's human. It ends with are we human or are we dancer? Mm -hmm. and, and the Russians must have everything precisely <laughs> detailed with the correct grammar because they cannot tolerate their comrades speaking well, artistically. Music has terrible gr grammar, you know, music lyrics, like, and, and they're just, a lot of them are just incoherent. If well, you really listen some to of them. it's incoherent, but in this case, uh, the whole thing is coherent except for, and he called the, he, he texted me and he called the, the lyrics cringeworthy. <laughs> cringeworthy? I was thinking we could do a whole show. In fact, a lot of our shows are about the same theme as human because it is, and, and, and I wanted to say, I think that, um, Rare, you tell me, Bobby Flood, isn't it rare that you find an artist explicitly explaining the esoteric symbolism of their art? Don't they, don't they generally um, shy away from explaining? Like, like Robert Flood, or not Robert Flood, you're Robert Flood, Robert Plant. I'm not Robert Flood, I'm Bobby Flood. <laughs> You've got uh, Robert Plant, uh, Jimmy Page, you know, talking about Stairway to Heaven, and they're like, "Oh, it was just about a a, a, a Sunday drive to right. so and so's." Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes they, they'll never really say. Yeah, sometimes authors will be a little bit. Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point, though, with art. Is they it's, like the the artists or the filmmakers and musicians, whoever the creators of these things. Sometimes they don't. They don't. Sometimes they don't realize some of the stuff that they've done oh for sure and I then other times correct. i think they just like to leave it out there open they want people to interpret it to bring it into their own experience yeah. to, to project their own worldviews onto certain things and that's why someone can watch a, a film like um i don't know truman show and come away with it with a, a lot of, a, a lot of different ideas and a lot of them are accurate or correct None, none more so than ours. Well, all, but. yeah, in some cases, <laughs> all interpretations can be correct. In other cases, I think there's the artist or the creator who has an actual objective. Right. Like Barbie. Well, <laughs> no, right. They, and they may not have understood exactly what they were doing there either, but... Well, they thought they, they knew what they were doing, at least to a certain degree. They're certainly um, true believers in that that line of thinking. That That ideology, I guess, is the... Um, right. is the way to put it. So let's see. The, the I did my best to notice when the call came down the line. I did my best to notice when the call came down the line. Up to the platform of surrender, I was brought, but I was kind. 
Sometimes I get nervous when I see an open door. Close your eyes, clear your heart. Should we just let them say it? We're gonna get DMCA'd for this. See, I think it's just such great music. They're uh, they're excellent musicians. And I think when asked about it, his main comment was, well, I just wanted to make a song that people could dance to. Yeah. Was that Brandon Flowers? Is Brandon his name? Flowers. He's yeah. um, he's really popular in these parts, or was uh, used to be anyway. Is he still considered Mormon? I don't know. I've not followed up on that. But he grew I, up in Vegas, right? Um, maybe. Pretty sure. For a minute there, there was a bunch of really big artists that were also Mormons. So you had... Uh, Dan Dan Reynolds, the Don't lead know. singer of Imagine Dragons. Oh yeah, Imagine Dragons was a kind of a Provo creation, a BYU sons of Provo, <laughs> a BYU creation, I think. But I think Dan Reynolds is from Vegas, but maybe Brandon Flowers is too. I don't know, <clears throat> but I don't know. I don't know what this. Uh, I don't think Imagine Dragons, the the LDS guys in that band i'm not sure if they're still quote-unquote active oh they moved to pace in utah who um flowers was eight when they moved to Payson for two years before moving to nephi when he's in sixth grade he lived in nephi until his junior year then he moved back to vegas hmm. nephi huh big city kid big city kid yeah <laughs> So I, I don't know. I think wasn't Brandon Flowers, <clears throat> wasn't he featured in one of the now um, verboten I'm a Mormon ad campaigns? I don't know. Well, now I'm going to look that up. I don't know. But I am a Mormon. But look, hey, the, the, if we're going to just read... See, that's the thing. That's why you need to understand the language of symbol. It's really important. That's why it's important to understand what uh, Joseph Smith called eternal progression... Because then you can start to see this in all the great literary works. And there are definitely multiple forces pulling at this narrative, as we've explained. You know, you have the forces of light and dark. So it doesn't mean, just because you understand some of these basics, doesn't mean you're going to get the whole story. You have to connect with the heavens and get the gods of light to instruct you. Is this the I'm a Mormon? Are you gonna get us DMC'd by the DMCA'd by the church? That was eleven years ago. It's still on the church's YouTube channel. Has the church disavowed it? And it's still on their channel. Brandon Flowers, lead singer of the Killers, wants to be a positive force in the world. His wife, kids, and parents set a good example for him. Learn more about the blessings of helping others at this website. Anyway, I think it's pretty clear that the whole song is a question, what are we really, which is the burning question of humanity. Is there something more to us than just what we see in humanity? And so when he says, are we human or are we dancer, um, instead of saying dancers, that's there's a lot of genius in changing the grammar there to singular, okay? Because <laughs> he's making something up, he's... he's meaning what is the race of dancer, right? He's making something up. Uh, he's contrasting it with human. If, if you're like uh, anal, if you're a literalist here, you're going to have, if you're like Russian or something, 
their name is Dmitri. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to lampoon people who can't fight back. That all they can do is comment on the comment section, or, or send or you an angry a, text message or if angry they have text your messages, phone number, or be or berate you in person, or call you. But then they can also start a competing podcast. They, they could. Want. They could do that, and they could they could yeah. snipe us from there. If you don't like it, start your own company. But <laughs> but anyway. He's posing the question, what are we really? What is humanity really? Is it just this or are we something greater? And in this case, what's greater is dancer. And I think it's, uh, it's kind of along the lines. It's just it's a little bit more um, edgy or out there because you have this grammatical thing that uh, grates on guys like Dimitri. Well, uh, that, that's kind of a tra- but, uh, trademark of the killers. It's sort of these odd lyrics yeah but but this is similar to like miss atomic bomb or something right yeah you got or uh i've got soul but i'm not a soldier Mm -hmm. so it sounds like it's a play on words but in every case i think that there's some significant cosmic meaning behind them at least you can pull it out if you want but what i wanted to say is this this is a similar um what would you call it a gambit it's it's a it's an attempt to uh, where where you're. It's either going to be great or it's going to be hated, right? And it's similar to one of the greatest songs ever written, uh, "God Only Knows." Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, right? the The correct way to say that would be only God knows what I'd be without you. But the song is so much better because it's it, it was the the syntax was adjusted to say, "God only knows." what I'd be without you. If you really think about that, that's, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But that song doesn't take a lot of flack because it's so so old, so good, so widely accepted that it has become essentially part of the language. You could An appropriate way to say only God knows would be to say God only knows because of Brian Wilson. But before that, it wasn't the case. You ever, you've never thought about that. You're just thinking about something else. No, I'm just trying, I'm, song, I'm looking up the song. Oh, yeah, this is one of the all-time greats. And Paul McCartney even admitted to such in 1966 when it came out. I think it was 66. 65 or 66. I may not always love you, <laughs> but long as there are stars above you. It's a little high. One of these days... You never need to doubt it. One of these days we're going to upgrade our studio equipment to where we don't have to hold our phone up to the microphone to play music. I, I think if we did that, we'd lose listeners. I think one of the reasons they love the show is because of how how it's produced. It's like retro. It's retrograde. <laughs> is that true? Uh, let us know. Let us know. Let us know if you'd like us to spend uh, all kinds of money that neither of us have on studio equipment. We could take this room. We could line the walls with pads and yeah. And be aware though. Sound Dis- disclaimer: We're only <clears throat> going to do what we want to do. Probably yeah, what comes yeah. easiest. We could we could because we could recreate the Joe Rogan Experience studio right in this room. Because one of the one of the things we love to do on this podcast is to ask you for your comments and then rip you on the show or just <laughs> disregard everything that you say. I don't think we've ripped anybody. Except Dimitri. Well, he deserved it. <laughs> he said, I'm joking. He said uh, cringeworthy in the text, but on, on the web- website, he said, I are not dancer. <laughs> P-P-P-S. <laughs> I are not dancer is what he said. 
But no, I, I think the song is a question. Like, who are who are we really? What are we? What are we well, doing? He says that he's on his knees praying for the answer. Yeah. Am I human, or am I dancer? Are, or are we are dancer? We? What are we? He he's praying for the answer. He says, "Will your system be all right when you dream of home tonight?" There is no message we're receiving. Let me know. Is your heart still beating? What does that mean? <laughs> I, this has been talked about probably for for years, right? Especially when the song just came out, when it was first released. Right. Maybe we nobody could, cares anymore. Maybe we could get Mr. Flowers on the show. Probably requires some still, effort on our part. Does he still live in Nephi? <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, ancestral home of the yeah. flowers. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of people that it would be great to get on the podcast. We just need. We need to. We need connections with these people, and we need it to happen easily. Like, right? Like they need to be like, "Hey, um, I'm going to show up at Bobby Flood's house at on the morning of the of Monday, so I can do the podcast." Yeah, because if it requires any additional work other than that, <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know what. What what did you think of Mission Impossible? When you watched it, you just thought it was fun? I liked it. I, I, I thought it was a fun uh story. I was intrigued by the you know, the AI, this entity that was sort of Yeah, but when they called the guy Gabriel, didn't that just like set your spidey senses on fire? A little bit, but I was also conf- I w- these movies are are sequels to one another. And so it took me a minute to get my bearings. To remember who Elsa was, like, oh yeah, she's important because it's been years since I oh seen since it. you saw the last one, and to remember, you know, but um, but yeah, that that guy, the Gabriel character, was obviously uh, you know yeah, a lot I, of the times he's wearing a white suit. I don't know. If I you did mention that. I did. Um, no, I didn't mention that, but I did watch the two previous Mission Impossible's right before. Right, which would have been a good a good just idea. for kicks, just because I wanted right. to have fun. But it, it, I think it was it was cool, and I think the um, you know the story or the the the, the setup with this um, you know the the AI, which of course the militaries of the world are trying to weaponize and have weaponized, um, uh, was interesting and, and timely because, as we all know, AI is is a is a big deal right now, and it's. I think it's a bigger deal than we realize because I think there's a lot of things out there that are fake that we don't even realize it. I, uh, there's people, um, I don't know if I brought this up or not, but there's like Instagram accounts with, uh, yeah, with I did uh, not, like hot chicks, right? I didn't bring this up, uh, but I was kind of talking around the subject like, okay, so Dimitri thinks he can identify when he's dealing with an AI. But in the case of like some of these Instagram accounts. I mean, they're, they're, I think he would recognize it, but it's pretty good. Like if you just kind of saw it in, in passing, you might think right. without giving it much attention, you might think, oh, that's a real person. Yeah. There's these Instagram accounts where they're, they're these girls and they, they share photos of like bikinis of course or whatever. They're hot chicks, yeah. yeah. And it's completely fake. They're a hundred percent AI generated. Obviously there's probably some human behind the account monetizing the stuff, but the, people the pictured person is fake and and but they act like they're human 
they do and and they'll interact with their followers and things and and Some of the people say hello from hello from Greece or hello from uh, so, Italy so I, at this exotic location. I'm sure some of the people involved, you know, who follow these accounts understand that it's AI and they just like it anyway. But there's probably a whole lot of people who don't. And just reminds me of the morbidly obese <clears throat> fat guy from the movie Gamer. That was uh do you remember seeing that show? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let's see, Gerard uh Butler. Is that the guy from three hundred? Yeah. Yeah, the guy who kicks the other guy. Yeah, kicks him down. Yeah, it's Gerard, Gerard Butler. Um, anyway, in this show, real people are sentenced to prison, and then if they want to try to get out of their uh, their prison sentence, they can choose to play the game, and, and they have a chance of dying and a very, very small chance of winning and, mm-hmm. and having their sentence commuted. <laughs> anyway, there's all, there's all these different virtual worlds, and the um, you'll have a real person like a a nice looking lady, but she's being controlled by right ugliness, right? You know, like this fat dude who's stuffing his face with yucky. Uh, well, that 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 the visceral visceral reaction from that some of those scenes in that movie was pretty uh, significant. One uh, AI pretty entity intense. that I don't think he, that. I don't think we brought up when we last talked, and I don't think you did last week, was uh, the, uh, oh, she's got a name, but it's the uh, kind of the assistant in Ender's Game, the little little earpiece he's got. Uh, I can't remember now what he calls it. But uh, she kind of, uh, sort of like a what we would call Alexa nowadays, but far more intelligent. Yeah. and I don't remember this. And Ender's able to, it's actually, I think it's not in Ender's game, but it's in the sequels. It's in Speaker for the Dead, where Ender's an adult. And he can just say, computer, uh, pull, up, pull up the records of such and such or whatever. And then, so you're talking about the book. Yeah. Because they never made a movie. They didn't make a movie out of Speaker. I don't think it'd make a very good movie. The Ender's Game movie. You is had that decent. in Star Trek, right? The computer. They would talk right, to the computer. Right. But Ender doesn't call it computer. And I know someone's out there screaming at me. It's called. <clears throat> but I don't remember. It's Rebecca. It's uh, Janice from The Good Place. <laughs> remember, did you see The Good Place? Janice is the AI. I don't remember that one. I'm going to look this one up. Oh, the Good Place is pretty good. Ted Danson plays the Demiurge. Was that the TV show and and his daughter was played by that other girl? (laughs) (laughs) Jane. Kristen Bell. Jane is a fictional character in Orson Scott Card's Ender series. She's an energy-based, non-artificial, sentient creature called an Eua that was placed within the Ansible network by... Called called a what? Wait a minute. By which spaceships and planets communicate instantly across galactic distances. Jane. Jane, yeah. In the good place, it's Janice. And I think Jane kind of takes a liking to Ender. If I remember right, but <clears throat> Scott Card, Orson Scott Card got a lot of things uh, kind of predicted or foresaw Jan- a lot it's of things. Janet, sorry, it's Janet in the in the good place. I'll put links up to this one. 
He wrote Ender's Game in the 70s, I believe, and he's got uh, the MMORPG is, is uh, kind of foreshadowed in there when Ender plays that virtual game where he's got to crawl through the giant and kind of a role-playing game, modern, uh, like a Zelda-type game, uh, the internet, obviously, instantaneous communication, digital communication, email, blogs, news nets. <laughs> He got a lot of things. He he was a futurist. He was. He got it figured out, <clears throat> huh? Hmm. So what are we talking about today? Well, I think AI is a good subject if you want to keep talking about it. Either that or church. I want. Um, I, <laughs> speaking I, of AI, I want to find. You know, we we've talked about AI a lot, and there's those there's those uh, series of Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama playing Dungeons and Dragons. I want to plug in. The Mind Virus show to see if 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 they can do they can do us, and then we wouldn't have to record every week. We could just <laughs> well, in some of those cases, somebody else writes the script, right? They, they write it, yeah. I I think it's easier to say the script rather than write it. Just do one take, right? Yeah. Because speaking of it Donald takes Trump, us last time you saw the the mugshot. Everybody saw the mugshot. It blew up the internet. Yeah, that in his interview with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Of course, Twitter views are a precarious thing, but the thing had like 200 million views opposite the debate, the GOP debate, which now nobody's talking about after the, after the mugshot blew up the internet. Right. That was uh, incredibly well played if you're, if, if you're the mastermind who is Donald Trump. Well, and this is why I think that the media complex and everything is all in on this Trump narrative. The, he's, the, he's the heel. This is KFOB, and he's the heel. So you and, think it's planned? Well, they had to know exactly the reaction the world would have to a mugshot of Donald Trump. Yeah, but there's hubris. There's such a thing well, as hubris. Well, I know. There's hubris and there's stupidity. And we've already said it today that a lot of stupid people are running the institutions. And there probably is some stupid people down there in Georgia in the DA's office so who think they got him. They're indicting this guy because they, ra- they want us to run uh, willingly into his open arms, embrace him because they hate him. Uh, maybe it's 5d chess 3 I mean chess. I, I I haven't 10d 10d why, I, why is it always it's well, there's one more d every time they say the kind of chess that Donald <laughs> Trump's playing it's like he's playing 67d chess he's, he's playing connect four <laughs> but look I think, that, I think that's the case connect four is still somewhat complicated it can be you've got to plan ahead it's vertical and horizontal and yeah. diagonal yeah but look what what is what exactly is the crime that because they also arrested Sidney Powell and a few others that were sort of involved in the, uh, you know, the post. Yeah, it's the crime of post twenty twenty election to overturn the election is what they said. They were conspiring to overturn the election. See, that's ridiculous. These people are being arrested for exercising First Amendment rights. Sure, sure, I'm I'm with you on that. And I, I I'm wondering why don't we just cut to the chase here in the United States and arrest the loser of every election at every level if you run for city council and you lose you're going to jail you run for mayor of your little town and you lose you're going to jail because obviously you're part of the opposition party i mean that's where it kind of seems to be at but this i think everybody kind of recognizes that this isn't at least for donald trump it's not real serious but they they got that mug shot which they didn't need to do 
Well, it's only but, helping his cause. Isn't that's it? the crazy thing. Like this mugshot just blew up Twitter. It blew up Twitter. It's probably and and on top of it, Donald Trump tweeted for the first time since being banned. Oh, stroker genius. He tweeted the mugshot. Yeah. Perfect. And it's probably going to go down in history as one of the most viewed tweets of all time. I right. think. And now people and now the polls are out there showing increased support for Donald Trump. <laughs> Which was already <laughs> increasing. And if you're if you're Ron DeSantis or uh, I don't remember, none of those other guys have a chance. Chris Christie and Mike Pence, those guys are just stage fillers. They're oh, just yeah. seat fillers. You know, I like oh, at yeah. the Oscars, they'll have seat fillers so that when the camera pans, they don't have empty seats. Because people in the Oscars will come out of the audience and they'll go wait, wait in the wings for their, if they're presenting or if they're getting an award or something. Oh, so they'll have to have somebody so sit in those So they have some seats. schmuck in a tuxedo will go sit in those seats. So when the camera shows the audience, uh. it doesn't... It doesn't look like there's a couple empty seats. Yeah, well, these guys on the debate stage are just seat fillers, most of them. Mm -hmm. Including Ron DeSantis. DeSantis is probably the best of the bunch as far as being a governor and an executive, but he's not very charismatic, and he's he's a good good debater. In a sane world, he would be a shoo-in. Why? Because it turns out that he is uh, a pliable statist almost. Well, that's, that's that could he, be. He won't make the statements that will endear him to the reality to the rest of us, the re- the the disenfranchised he's, rest of us. He's done that in in Florida as governor, but maybe he's unwilling to do it as a presidential candidate. I don't I don't know. Whatever, whoever's advising him, whatever he's doing, he, it's just all wrong. Right, and he's he's retooled his staff and like, stuff. Like for example, the war in Ukraine. What 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 would be wrong with saying, yeah, I, we need to get out of there. Yeah, well, some of them said that. Vivek yeah, but why, said why that. can't DeSantis I don't know. Say Did he not say that? I don't think so. I, I didn't watch the debate. I saw a few highlights. Why, I can't, why I can't, can't stand we that say kinda... there was potentially, we still don't know whether there was election interference. Why can't he say that and say it with a straight face? Say, hey, you know what? I don't think he wants to get arrested in Georgia. Is, is it possible that he won't say it because... He doesn't want to support Donald Trump because, you know, there's like all these rules. If you're campaigning, you right. can't say your opponent's name. You have to say my opponent. I don't know. I don't know. But it's uh, Trump it's ridiculous. is He's Trump, just, Trump, whether it's his genius or just the whole apparatus is designed around amplifying him because we saw this in 2016. Trump, I, I remember thinking in the primaries, the early primaries, like there's no way Trump gets the nomination. He's just. A public, he's just a public entertainer. He's just he's a court jester, and he did get the nomination, and then he beat Hillary Clinton and was an okay president in certain regards. Uh, he kind of fumbled at the end there, fell flat on his face with COVID. But and now here we are again after the 17 indictments and 84 impeachments and. If, well, 2020, if, 2020 was, a, was a whirlwind of uncertainty and confusion, fear. Only because that doubt. was all drummed up. Yeah, but was, was Donald Trump aware of that? Like, I thought that Monty Montana's comments about, hey, look, the president really doesn't have the type of control that you think he has. He made a good point. You know, Fauci was out doing his thing, sure. independent. But Trump, Trump, did. Trump took. The big problem is Trump took credit for Operation Warp Speed. But Trump and the also promoted Fauci to that head of the COVID task force. 
Yeah, and him he, and his him big, and, uh, his Burks. big problem for his big problem for those of you out there is he has yet to come out and say, "Look, I was also deceived, just like the rest of you." Right. That and would he be won't. really easy to come out and say that he's not going to do that. And he's playing off of the whole gangster. I, I was in. Uh, I've been indicted. I've been unfairly treated. Which, that's which is probably true to an extent. I that's mean, why there's the potential for this kayfabe angle, the playing the heel. And I still wonder, I, to me, in my mind, the narrative that we floated out there, which I don't think was necessarily original, uh, original to us, but the narrative that Donald Trump would win re-election in 2020, and then through him, the state would institute all kinds of problems and tyranny and, and then get the right wing on board using Trump, because Trump was pushing this stuff. Well, just think about it. it. Like that, if that we, narrative's still out there. In if my we opinion. have to go to war with, uh, if everyone. we have to go to war with everyone in the world, especially Russia and China, um, reluctantly, you know, if Trump has to say, "Well, you know what? It's true that Biden and the neocons did X, Y, Z, but we can't give in to this. You know, there's going to be some evil. They'll nuke somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. We we still have to stand for freedom. We, we I'm back in charge. You know." But they could also... We got, we got rid of the cancer in our government. Yeah, maybe. That's and, one and angle unfortunately, on it. We're still, unfortunately, we still have to go to war, so we have to fight these guys. That, but at the same time, there's so many war-hungry candidates that they could just throw in there and not have to take the reluctant warmonger Yeah, but approach. how do you get everybody on board for it? Well, I don't think you need everybody on board. I think they want everybody I mean, on board. Uh, every, very few people are on board with what, what's going on in Ukraine. I think if you, you know, the public polls take them for what they're well, worth, but they don't the care. The Utah darling <clears throat> Mitt Romney calls the bottomless Ukraine aid, quote, the best national defense spending we've ever done. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, th- these guys are, are doing whatever they want. But and Mitt there's Romney no... saved the 2002 Olympics. <laughs> What's your problem, Bobby Flood? Yeah, well, first of Why all, why don't you the... love this carpet bagging piece of? <laughs> that was twenty-one years ago, and whether he did or did not is a matter of narrative. But those were. Uh, did you go to any of the Olympic events? Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I, I enjoyed the Olymp- the Olympics here, and I don't really care if they come back. I know they're trying to get them back, but I think it'd be a whole different story nowadays. No, the Olympics are just another globalist. Uh, ceremonial right ritual, and they were then. Blah, but I blah, enjoyed blah. watching the sports. But yeah, Rom- Romney is not wrong in the sense that he's reflecting the the opinion of the Washington elite, the the governments that the govern the people in government well, that like, run this country and are ruining this country. They're the lunatics running the yeah. asylum. Like the late Dr. Stan Monteith used to say, we have the best enemies money can buy. We, who, who do you think financed the Russian oligarchs? Bless you. Gesundheit. Uh, who, who do you think finances the Russian oligarchs, the Western banks? I mean, who, right. who, uh, who rebuilt the Russian military? The Russians didn't come out of communism without linking into the West. And if you go all the way back before the Bolshevik Revolution, it was the Western bankers that had infiltrated over there anyway. We have the best enemies money can buy. Why do you think that the Chinese wear business suits and the uh, Japanese? Right. They don't 
they adopted our culture. They've adopted our banking practices. They've adopted our everything. And mm-hmm. they're going to out-Western the West, which is just a, essentially a big game of, of world chess or world domination. It's the game, it's the game Risk, essentially, played out on, uh, in reality in front of us on the television screen. Yeah, the banks... Until it hits your home. The banks run the world. Or kills one of your kids. And the banks are uh, the banks love war, of course. They finance both sides. This is like episode one of our podcast. Yep. <laughs> they finance both sides and pick a winner. And then whoever wins pays them in perpetuity the interest on the debt. And for so that. Mitt Romney's probably benefiting financially, personally, for you know, with what's going on in Ukraine, which is one of the reasons he would say it's the best thing we've ever done because uh, there's no results to show for this $150 billion. There's Is that where we're at, $150 billion? Some, something like that. And we sold Taiwan $500 million of arms, and that's a big deal? Yeah, and a bunch of uh, big shareholders in Taiwan semiconductors have sold their positions recently. Oh, really? Including Warren Buffett and Senator Tommy Tuberville former Auburn football coach. So what that means is they're going to blow that factory up. Probably. Probably. No, I think, I've said it before, war seems to be baked into the cake, and that's why we have all these black pill episodes. It's a yellow cake, isn't it? It's a yellow cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be that kind of a war. Well, I, don't, I, I don't think uh, black pill is the right term. I mean, it's just reality. Like, we can put our head in the in the dirt and we can or plug our ears and say la 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 but there's and a lot of people are doing that but it's the world's kind of in a tailspin right now and it's it's going well, to hit the it, ground eventually i think it comes to kin- kinetic war the meaning real actual destruction uh american children being drafted etc cetera, etc cetera. i think that's where we're headed unfortunately but when you hear like like Mission Impossible wants to make it, it the the theme behind this Dead Reckoning show was essentially that truth is vanishing, mm-hmm. right? Which I th- I think is a really really critical comment. You know, it says tr- they said truth is vanishing and war is coming. They said that multiple times. Right, and truth is vanishing in the real world and that's, in this world. I think the that that's why the ai side of it or in the in, don't think of it as an artificial intelligence remember i went through the whole rationale right. last week dimitri come on man of why i don't think that the computers are going to become sentient and how the the technology isn't as effective as the the or in the ways that the general populace is worried my point is that evil people are using technology against us. And in a world that is so interconnected and, and where the internet was once free and, had, and these telecommunications networks had connected the world, you have to have things like the Great Firewall of China. You have to have the Great Firewall of Google and Facebook influencing, you know, and YouTube changing the reality for the people so that they'll fight each other because without that with with the free uh with free uh communication commerce intercourse you know all of that going on the peoples of the world don't want to fight each other they want to hang out they want to be friends they want to have their right. uh you know better red dead redemption whatever it's called better dead than red red dead redemption 
Close. Did I get that wrong? Close, close. They want to like role play with their friends across the country and across the world. And they don't want to have a war. They want to just have fun. They want to, they want to be productive during the day and uh, party it up at night, right? And yeah. on the weekends. And I, so, think, I do think that that is probably the biggest obstacle to, the, to a big massive war right now is, is the people don't want that. That's, that's, why the, that's why the truth has to vanish. Right. And that's why they that's why I asserted that I don't think Mission Impossible is a commentary on what's coming. I think it's a commentary on what has already happened. The truth is vanished and there are plenty of people out there trying to suss it out, trying to find it, collect it, d- uh, gather it and bring it to the forefront and they're being shouted down by opposing forces who right. want, who are trying to make you hate each other. I'm on my knees praying for the answer. Yeah. Are we human? Yeah. Or so are we dancing? So that's the world that we're caught up in. You know, that's the <clears throat> that's the reality that we're caught up in, and and war is coming, and the truth is vanishing. It is. I mean, especially when you watch, you know, ma- mainstream media, the corporate government, media. Corporate, corporate propaganda, media, corporate, media. All this propaganda is under the same umbrella. The government, the media, they're all mouthpieces for the same thing. And that's why it's really strange to me because Donald Trump, there's a couple of alternatives. If they truly, truly hated Donald Trump, like we think they do or like they say they do, they could have done one of two or three things. Number one, they could have just killed him a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Two, they could absolutely blacklist him so you never hear his name again like they did Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Ron Paul is the perfect example of that. They, they could. That has happened before. When we, we have to factor that in. That, uh, to, the, to the Trump aficionados out there, we have to factor in the Ron Paul treatment. I just want to emphasize that point. Do you want me to put one more exclamation point on it? <laughs> we have to emphasize the Ron Paul blackout when we're dealing with Donald Trump. Yeah, they could have, they could have done that with him. And, and Trump's not... Uh, powerful enough or wealthy enough to undo that. He's not outable Yeah, he, he, can't, he can't do that. I mean, look what they've done to the Mind Virus show. <laughs> we never hear about it in modern media. We don't see it on like the Today Show. We don't see it on I would Fox. Like to, I would like to go on The View. Can you imagine? I don't want to go on The View. Sitting there decline. with the dumbest three or four people in the entire the world. <laughs> what an opportunity. Uh, or they could have, with Donald Trump, they could have... Um, they could have, you know, arrested him or thrown him Found in jail. Or on his they could have done something. There, there's the point being here is, that they could have buried him if they wanted to, but they don't. Instead, they they promote him and they create this martyr, this okay. victim out of him. Yeah, let me let me throw devil's advocate at you here because the the alternative logic is that well, they thought Hillary was going to win, and I. I and then he became president, and now he's a force they have to reckon with. So now they're trying I think they try they, to submarine him with, with the Russia collusion thing and all that stuff. The people, the, the morons on The View, uh, Rachel Maddow, a lot of senators and uh, you know, uh, Congress people, a lot of um, CEOs or whatever, probably really believe all that stuff. They, they loathe him because they're told to loathe him. But the people running the show, obviously want Donald Trump involved. They want him front and center. And the useful idiots like... So let's liken this to the Truman Show. So so the Christoph Christoph wants Donald Trump 
Yeah. If you remember, Christoph is Ed Harris. Right. He's the creator. He's the guy up in the in the booth, in the moon, uh, in the sky, controlling everything. You've got a lot of useful idiots, like everyone at NBC, who just can't stop talking about Donald Trump. Everyone at NBC. And MSNBC. MSNBC. They can't stop talking about him. That's all they talk about. And they're, they're being... There's pro... They're as programmed as they want yep. the public to be. Headline on MSNBC, <clears throat> Trump trial date set. <laughs> they can't stop talking about it. And I mean, they don't really have much of an audience, but they're an indicator, right? And so I think there's true believers down Trump the line. trial, CNN. Just like there was true believers with all the COVID garbage. There's, there's people, you know, they're trying to get masks mandated again and all this crap. And ABC News, Trump trial date set. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, you're proving the point. They can't stop talking about him. They could black him out. They could erase him from, from our culture. NBC News, Trump trial date. But they amplify him. And Trump's brought it up. You know, CNN gave me millions of dollars of free airtime during the election. And they did. All they could talk about leading up to the election in 2016 was Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And then Donald Trump gets up there and he says things like, you know, uh, Hillary had 30 years to fix these things and she didn't do anything. All she is is talk and everyone rallies behind that because it's true. It's true. And, and Trump, Trump has this personality where he's very abrasive and he's poking the media in the eye, calling reporters stupid and calling people out. And, and we as a people feel, feel that angst. And so we identify with that. We say he's an outsider. He's going he's gonna to drain the swamp. Well, I read that he's getting a lot of support from <clears throat> black people, like in the, right. the slums, the, the more poor element. Because right. they're like, hey, you know, you're not real until you've been to jail. You know? <laughs> There's even an organization called Blank for Trump. <laughs> N-word, N-word for, for Trump. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, and it's, I think it's the... It's some I've thought on for you know six or seven years. Who, what is this guy really? And and more and more, I just think he's a, he's a product of a <clears throat> of an elaborate plot. <clears throat> he's the heel in a a villain in an elaborate, maybe not even that elaborate, but a plot to help uh, destroy the United States of America because. Everything is playing out in, in that regard. There's nothing, there's no metric, whether it's some statist government metric or otherwise. There's not a single metric where the average American is better off today in 2023 than they were in 2016 or even 2019. Everything costs more. Everything's worse, right? Just everything, everybody's mental so, health, physical health, finances—it's all terrible. So I just want to bring something up to kind of support what you're saying, and this this does kind of fly in the face of some of our friends who love, who who like Trump more than maybe we do. Well, and Trump is—I like—he's relatable. He's likable. Yeah, I like him in the sense that he. In fact, he, I almost want to go vote for him this time, even though I didn't last time, just to. I'm not. I haven't voted in the last few elections, just full disclosure. Well, then, then why are we even having this podcast? If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. <laughs> well, because the game you've, is rigged, you've right? You've given That's, up your First I've Amendment told, rights. I think I that, pointed that out, is there's this logic that if you voted, somehow you're responsible for the... For the outcome, somehow you have to go along with it because it was fair. Yeah, that's what Obama said, right? Yeah, if you voted, you still have to go along with it because it was fair. No, 
I, I want to remind us of a of a quote by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In politics, nothing happens by accident. If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. Yeah. Okay, so FDR, by the way, he's one of the former president top three <laughs> destroyers of the free world. Along with Woodrow Wilson. And I think if you look at this, this has probably been debunked that somehow he said that he didn't say this quote. Anyway, that's uh, um, neither here nor there. It's correct. That's well, it's like the old accurate, the old movie making uh, phrase. If it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. <laughs> Meaning, if it's not in the script, it's not in the movie. Yeah. So, wh- whether whether FDR really said that or not the sentiment is true you can bet it was planned that way right and so that's why i, I just just this it's so absurd the 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 trump stuff it just goes to new levels of absurdity right and you, and your point was that inexorably we're moving in this particular direction so right. therefore it was planned that way it's this is not happening by happenstance and it, it, Trump's going to have to, you know, Trump held a, uh, Hillary accountable for her record in public, in public service. You know, yeah. What a terrible euphemism we use for politicians, mm-hmm. public service, public servants. Public but disservice. He's going to have to hold, he's going to have to answer for his record. He was the president of the United States. We have to, we can't forget that. It's kind of funny, like people at MSNBC are, st- are saying, you know, it'd be a disaster if he was the president. It's like, well, he was the president not that long ago. So we have a yeah, pretty it, good idea. It was a disaster of, for you guys. We have a pretty good idea of how he'd govern. He probably have a pretty good idea of how apoplectic you guys would get. That well, they the, lo- they loved it though. Well, do you remember seeing the signs? Do you remember seeing the signs uh make uh make America kind again or something? Yeah, you know, it was saw some of those in the neighborhood. Some of those in the neighborhood. It's like you know who the people are that are being nasty, right? Is the media not right? So, so what you're saying, people is with those just, signs in their yard. If we just give you what you want, you'll stop being nasty, right? We're gonna throw a fit under the you'll, guise of kindness. Yeah. If 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 we give you what you want, then you'll stop turning presidential press conferences into episodes of the Jerry Springer Show. But you'll they, stop berating the but president. But they didn't of the do that. States. They got what they wanted with Joe Biden, and they didn't. They're still nasty. Well, not not to Joe Biden. Well, of course, but to the people they're who, nasty to Trump. They're nasty to the people they don't like. And so, the the media also loved those four years of the Donald Trump presidency because they their ratings were high. When he was no longer president, they had nothing to talk about. So yeah, they talk appear, about it, Trump. It does appear that they chased him out of office. But if we get a second Trump presidency, can we can we bet that it was planned that way? Well, I guess that's a big question because I think they did some things that were really evil and illegal. You know, they spied on him. They created all this fake Russian stuff. They basically just took the Joe Biden family crime book and put Donald Trump's name on it. Yeah, but the, see, that's the thing. Like, it makes that makes you want to uh, jump on the Trump bandwagon because it appears all the evidence that's available to us, which truth is vanishing, war is coming, mm-hmm. all, all the evidence that appears av- available to us is that the Biden crime syndicate, which is an arm of the Clinton crime syndicate, which is an arm of the Bush-Clinton crime syndicate. Right, if, which is an arm of the CIA crime syndicate. <laughs> yeah. if, uh, 
if that stuff is true, like about the Hunter Biden laptop and all of the uh, bribery, graft, corruption going on, then you want to run into the open arms of Donald Trump. Right? Somebody who says they're going to fight Someone, that. Somebody who... Somebody who was victimized by it and has a right. chance to do something about it can can actually become. It's like it's like it's a symbolic vote against that with the with the information that's available. Right to 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 throw your weight behind Donald Trump is a symbolic gesture that you disagree with the establishment. Right, we probably need to start moving beyond symbolic gestures into actual gestures. It's the lesser of two evils. <laughs> Again, right? But is that is that's all, is that the only thing that's left to the common man is to to make a symbolic gesture? Yeah, you can vote and you can make songs and you can shake your fist at the cloud and shout you, into the wind. You can wear a shirt that says "Let's go, Brandon" or "FJB" or whatever. And meanwhile, nothing is changing. Not, nobody's being held accountable. I, I made it right. Joke. So once again, we're back to the black <clears throat> pill. I made a joke on Twitter. I grabbed the mugshot of Donald Trump. I said, finally, a mugshot of somebody who locked down the country in March 2020. Right, right. Somebody's finally being Somebody's held finally accountable. Being held of course, accountable. he's not being held accountable for that. Um, but the point being, you know, the joke is nobody's, nobody's held accountable held in this country for yeah. the absolute well, utter to destruction. The contrary, to the contrary, now they're talking <clears throat> about new mask mandates and lockdowns. Right. Is that... Do you think that's going to get any traction? No. I know Alex Jones took a lot of heat. Mike Lee took a lot of heat for uh, linking or retweeting a, an InfoWars story saying right. something like, over my dead body. The, the public seems a lot more resistant to that stuff I heard for a, now. a friend postulate that they had, they had uh, started to put this out into the media as a trial run to see how pliant, how... Mm -hmm. um, Right. How gullible we still are as a group. It's probably a good theory. And and for the most part, if you, I mean, I know it's Twitter or whatever, but if you go into the comments and the replies of some of these tweets, they're 99.99% negative. As in, no, we're not doing this again. We're not wearing the masks again. We're not locking down again. Nice try. We're not doing it. But we'll see. <laughs> We will, we will see when the, when the institutions say, well, you can't participate in society without a mask like they did before. And there's armed guards in front of the grocery store turning people who are unmasked away. Do people comply a little more at that point? Or when the grocery store says you just can't come in. Well, right. But I'm saying... That's what happened the, right at the start of COVID. They're going to do that, but this time they have... There's the military's involved or the local police force is involved where you walk in without a mask and you risk being clubbed over the head or maced mm -hmm. or shot. Because that's, that's the next logical... I mean, we almost got to that point. Remember here in the state of Utah when Governor Herbert tried he, to... He was talking about closing the borders. Tried to shut the borders down of the state. And they even had a uh, you know virtual cops at the border where you cross the border using location services on your phone, you'd get a, an alert. Hey, you're in Utah now. You need to wear a mask and check in. And Yeah. That got kind of some pushback. I, you know, the Utah legislature did some good things during that. It just, they were slow. They were slow to resist a lot of that. 
tyranny. Yeah, but- and the legislature is tough because you've got to get lots of different people on board and right. they're, they're easy to influence because it's a, a committee, essentially a decision by committee. And, but I, I think 2024 is going to be wild. I think it's going to be absolutely wild. Well, I wonder about the end of 2023 here. <clears throat> well, right. I mean, a lot of things tend to happen in the fall. Like it's, it's like the, it's like the game makers borrowing a, phrase from the hunger games we'll call them the game makers Mm -hmm. it's like they are on vacation during the summer and they'll come back in the fall right about after school starts you know when the kids are watching channel one again are they still watching channel one in the schools i think so maybe yeah maybe they don't need it now that indoctrination is complete huh anyway i think they are though i can find out the game makers come back from uh vacation and start the game up again in September. And then on September 11th, something happens. Right. We're going into 2024. It's a presidential election year. It's the, it'll be uh They're calling pot- this, they're potentially, calling this COVID variant, the election variant. Yeah. Potentially the president of the United States that's elected in 2024 could still be the president of the United States in 2030 if he wins a second term, if it's mm-hmm. not... Trump, you know, in his second and final have, term. If, if the mechanisms of American <laughs> if we still quote, have unquote, democracy actually still work. But we know 2030 is a big, big date for these nut jobs. They want to have all kinds of things done and ready for to, by then. Right. So uh, things are likely to get lively, to quote uh, True Grit. I watched that again recently. Which one? The Cohen version. It's a, the one where they don't use any contractions. Yeah, it where might they do be not, where they do not use any contractions. Let's do the rest of the it, podcast. It might be a perfect contractions. It might be a perfect movie. It's just perfect. I am unsure if it really is a perfect movie, <laughs> Mister Bobby Flood. I think you need to watch it again. Why do you say that it is a perfect movie? Well. Everything. You're trying not to use contractions. No, I'm just. You thinking, are trying not to use. Contractions. Everything is just great, like the casting, the the dialogue, the script, the the story. Obviously, they adapted the story not from the John Wayne movie, but from the book. Jeff Bridges plays Rooster Cogburn, right? Um, is it Jeff Bridges? I get it. that mixed up with the other uh, guy that was in Dumb and Dumber. It's not Dumb and Dumber. It's not the Dumb and Dumber guy, but they have similar names. It is not Dumb and Dumber. Jeff Daniels is the person from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, so and you're right. Jeff Je- Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. And then um, Josh Brolin is the villain along with uh, the character. Oh, what's his name? The actor. Who- Josh Brolin plays Dick Cheney. Actually, his name is yeah. Richard Cheney. What is his name? Josh. Well, Josh Brolin... He plays, uh, oh, in, in True Grit, he in plays. In True Grit, the guy's name is Tom Cheney. Is Tom Cheney. Yeah. You got you. Me He's confused. a relative of Dick Cheney. You got me confused there because uh, Josh Brolin plays George Bush in a, in a movie. Does he? <laughs> but, and then you've got um, the, the Ned Pepper is perfectly cast. It's just. It, Matt Damon plays Matt LaBeouf. Matt Damon is LaBeouf. He's great in that role. And it's just. The cinematography is great. The pacing is great. I agree. I really do like this 
rendition of True Grit. 2010, PG-13, great show. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I have it on my phone, and so now and again, I'll just, like I watched it on the airplane. It is the perfect movie. It is. The music's great. The music is great. I didn't use a contraction. I know, that's possessive. I just was <laughs> emphasizing that it is great. <laughs> There's a great line where uh, Rooster and little Maddie uh, are waiting for what they think is Labeef. Because they'd split up. They'd kind of had a little falling out, and they met the doctor. I have my bear skin. Are you in need of medical attention? This was the man who had extracted teeth from the corpses? Yeah. I will entertain offers for the rest of him. (laughs) (laughs) But they, well, they, what they asked, they asked the, the Indian who they gave the body to fire a shot in the air if someone's following him. And they're sitting there just, and this is a great shot where they're just sitting there quiet. Horses are perfectly still. And then the, the dentist doctor comes around the corner and Rooster Cockburn just looks at him. Again, the pacing and the timing is so good. There's this beat between the two just kind of staring at each other. And then Rooster goes, you are not Labeef. And it's just, <laughs> it's just perfect. And then he, he says, like, it's fixing to get cold. Do you know of any shelter? And he just looks at him. The dentist goes, well, I have my bear skin. <laughs> and then there's, again, there's this perfect beat where he's just like, how does that help? He didn't say a word, but he just stares at him with this look like, you nut job. And then he's like, that does not help us. Yeah. And he just said, and then the, the doctor says, there is a dugout. If you follow the course of the river, you will not miss it. The original Trader Bob will not is away to the north. He will not begrudge its use. You know, so. the, w- the way they did that without contractions, it took a while for me to figure out, but that's how they made it sound authentic. Well, it's probably more the way people talked back then. Well, I looked into that a little bit. I'm not sure. I am not sure if that is the case. But it's a very distinct style that they obviously it was great. Ad- adopted. It was a stroke of genius. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's a great movie. I like it. And to, uh, to quote it again. Uh, I do not disagree with you, Bobby they, Flood. Things are apt to get lively. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really great cowboy show. Good Western. Another great scene with Labeef down at the dugout. And uh, he, the Ned Pepper gang rides up on him. It's like one on five. And Matt, he says, Rooster, what do we do? Because they're up hiding in the hills. And he goes, what do we do? What does he do? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's, if you've not seen the Coen Brothers version of True Grit, then shame on you and go watch it. Well, no, I'm shame, not going to shame, shame you. on shame on you. I am you. not going to shame you. I However, <laughs> I believe it was a great movie. <laughs> it is. It's a it's a really great movie. Yes, very well done. <laughs> There's this the hanging scene is so good at the beginning where she's in town and they're hanging these three criminals and one of them's all blubbering and he's like, I do not know what will become of my wife and children. 
I know that if I had not gone the ways of temptation and evil, I would not be here now, but would be with them. And then they put the hood over his head. He starts wailing. And they cut to the next guy, and he's a little more hard and kind of stoic. He just goes, well, the way I see it, I killed the wrong man. That's the witch of why I'm here. <laughs> and then he just nods to the guy, and they put the hood on him. And the third guy's a, an Indian. Uh-huh. And he says, I would just like to say, and they just put the <laughs> hood over his head. You know, they show that discrimination a little bit. And, and then you hear no the Indian, the Indian starts going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, and they shows him just, and they all just snap their necks and every, the uh, crowd, the crowd, oh, they're all horrified. And then I'm going to have to watch this. Maddie has to you know this movie very well. Maddie has to. She can't afford a second night at the boarding house or a third night. Or oh, and she was upset that she had to sleep next to this older woman. Yeah, Grandma Turner. Grandma Turner. Okay. Did you do a school project about no, this No, but I've seen it a hundred times. She, and I just watched it the other day. But she's talking to the boarding house owner. and Ask if there's another room. And, you know, I'm afraid... With Grandma Turner, well, the bed is quite narrow. And the woman goes, oh, you poor thing. Don't you worry. You're not disturbing Grandma Turner. <laughs> but she has to spend a night in the morgue with, with the three hanged men. And, and the guy's kind of a creepy guy, the mortician. He's like, if you'd like to sleep in a coffin, it would be all right. <laughs> it's just so, the personalities, the characters are just so good. Even the little minor characters. Wow. It's just... You've given this... You have given this a lot of thought. Well, it's just... It's... Like I said, it's on my phone, and so I'll watch it in parts quite a bit, killing a little time, and I watch the whole thing While on the airplane. While you're out hunting? Uh, no, i, I got to have my ears when I'm out hunting. While you are driving to Coon hunting? hunt? This ain't no coon hunt. Another line from the movie. <laughs> so they skipped the contraction there on the ain't? Uh, they might have. Maybe they did. It was very distinct the way the language right uh, came out. It was really good. Yeah, the Coen brothers are amazing uh, with dialogue. You know, you look what at what are some other films by the Coen brothers? Well, like uh, Oh Brother Where Out Thou has incredible dialogue. Uh, Fargo. Um, um, now my mind's going blank, but uh, uh, Raising Arizona. One of their first uh, like big hits is an incredible movie with incredible dialogue. So yeah, the Coens really hit the nail on the head with dialogue, and there's it's snappy, it's uh, witty, it's like every line is quotable. Um, you pulling up their filmography there? Yeah, just making some notes so that I can post it on the website, so and, that I can <clears throat> post it on the website. I have my bearskin. Are any of you in need of medical attention? <laughs> no Country for Old Men. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. No Country is an amazing A film. serious man. Oh, that's pretty visceral. Another Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, he gets. He's in a lot of <clears throat> interesting Bust, shows. Buster Scruggs is a... Which is the Avengers stuff. Buster Scruggs is a series of shorts. It's like 10 or 12 short films. Is that worth a film. person's time? Yeah, most of them are. They're kind of Western-themed, and some of them are real bizarre and dark, and some of them are funny. The, the Buster Scruggs one has uh, Tim, what's-his-face, who was in O Brother. He's the little guy. 
Right. Um, and it's a funny little shootout film. Like oh, Brother, a, Where Art Thou is sort of a retelling of the Odyssey. Yeah. Brilliant film. Awesome. John Goodman plays the Cyclops. Um, you've got sirens, you know, seducing right. the men off into the river. And you've got, it's, it, it's so good. The Coens are some of the best uh, filmmakers out there. They're just talented. They, they just, they know what they're doing. They care about their craft. And it seems like they're in a position where they get to tell the stories they want to, and they're not beholden to a lot of, you know, studio bull crap. But I have well, no idea, point, yeah. really. But And they're still both men, as far as I know. They haven't, like the Wachowski brothers, they didn't change their gender. <laughs> Those are the brothers that created the Matrix. So the Coen brothers did Fargo from the 90s? I believe so. Yes, you are correct. 1996. That's a, an interesting show. Again, an incredible dialogue. <coughs> yeah, that style. What, what would you call that style? Realistic? Um, what? The st- just their style. Is it the Coen Brothers style? What? It, I, yeah, it's definitely. Like a very, it's, it's they they their movies have a distinct signature. Yeah, right? it's kind of, but like. A, is it Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction type of stuff that has its own style? Yeah. But it's not that. No, the, I, th- I would say the Coen Brothers' signature, the thing that really dis- dis- discern- or, uh, dis- uh, di- <laughs> differentiates, that's the word, theirs from others. Like if you didn't know the Coens made a certain movie, but you were familiar with some of their other work, you would sit down and probably within a few minutes say this is like this is a Coen Brothers film because of the dialogue. They just have a very distinct style with their dialogue, and it's different from film to film, but it has certain, like the way it's delivered, it's often delivered very quickly, like in O Brother Where Out Thou, but it's also very distinct and articulated. Like they direct their actors to, you know, there's like the line in uh, O Brother where, where George Clooney's character is offered like a, a gopher, right? And he says something like, uh, no thanks, Everett, I'm... Or no, I think George Clooney plays Everett, I think. I can't remember. And he just says... We have, he we says, have actually put that YouTube yeah, we've, clip we've talked on about the this. website. But the line, he could have just said, no thanks, you know, I don't want a gopher. But he says, you know, I, I'm afraid that a gopher would only tickle my hunger and make it worse or something. It's just, and it's very... it's. Bang, 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 bang. Just the pacing. And, and, yeah. and True Grit's the same way. Fargo's the same way. No Country for Old Men is different in the sense that the, the, the pacing is very slow. There's not a ton of dialogue in that movie. But what there is is incredible, especially with the actor who plays um, the bad guy. Uh, and what's his name? Antonio something or other. <laughs> There's some of the, one of the most. It's Javier Bardem. Yeah, that's right. And the play, the character he plays is, um, uh, do you have that right in front of you? Yeah, do you want his name? Yeah. The guy's name is Anton C-H-I-G-U-R-H. Yeah, Shiarga or something is what they call him in the film. Uh, But there's this, one of the most intense scenes. Very intense movie. Really just crazy. One of the most intense scenes in cinema, period, is when the villain... Javier, playing Anton, goes into a gas station, 
and he, he kind of this. Oh, the one where he has him. Was it the flip the coin? Yeah. This, Do they flip a coin? Yeah. And this guy's the the villain's thing is he flips coins, right? And the audience, as the audience, we know what's at stake here on the yeah. Flip the, of the, the coin. guy at the counter doesn't know. The guy at the counter doesn't know, and he kind of says, "Well, we got to know what's at stake." And and Javier's like, "Everything is at stake." And 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 the guy behind the counter is just this old timer out in this middle of nowhere yeah. midwest gas station think um in the night like 1981 think out in the I rush think. valley what is it vernon the city <laughs> yeah although that's getting is it getting built out well uh cedar ford is it's getting about to get swallowed up but but yeah it, off of faust road and uh vernon still has a little uh gas station there though i've been in it's that. a little um little diner there like little tiny yeah i think I i've eaten there i don't know if the diner is it's all connected i don't know if the diner was open the last time i was there but the gas station section was but anyway this scene and we can find it and we'll link to it is it's so intense and the writing is so good in it and the delivery the acting it's just it's just vintage perfect coen brothers stuff so no country i i don't know of a bad coen brothers movie i mean i can't think of all of them right now <laughs> off the top of my head but i think they're the best they're, they're some of the best filmmakers ever in Hollywood. Hmm. You know, you get a lot of guys who make a couple of really good movies. You know, Steven Spielberg was really good for a while, but he's got a lot of duds, too. I don't know the Coens have very many duds. What's a dud by Steven Spielberg? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Some of the more recent stuff that he sort of just had his name on. I know you liked AI. I didn't like AI. I didn't like AI. As a movie, I didn't like it. I didn't necessarily like it. I, just, I think it was a commentary movie. The question... Right, right. In my case, a lot of times the movie stuff comes down to what are they saying? Right. So I'll talk about it if, it's, if I think it's a significant movie. AI was a remake of Pinocchio. I don't know that I emphasize that enough. He's searching for the did. blue fairy. Right. And then they change it at the end. But the Pinocchio question is is interesting you know what is a real person what is con right. it, it, does the fact that because in pinocchio in the in the disney one he, he wants to be a real boy i got no strings to hold me down yeah but he <laughs> wants to be a real boy yeah. so what makes him a real boy is it uh, jiminy cricket his conscious or is it his consciousness or is it the body right or is it all of it? Or is it all of it? Yeah, what is it, what is it that makes him a real boy? Is and he in, human or is he dancer? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and Pinocchio is one of the great progression stories of all time. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's like the microcosm of the cosmos. <laughs> yeah. No, it is really good. Uh, even uh, Jordan Peterson's made a big deal out of it, and he's right. dissected it and talked about it. Right. But... Yeah, um, no, I, AI was uh, m mediocre as a movie, but it's significant because it, right. uh, it it's in that genre of movies we were talking about last week. To have to, to, I guess, to pull out the duds, I'd have to look at Steven Spielberg's filmography, which I feel too lazy to do right now. Okay, I'm on IMDb. Okay, you keep talking. <laughs> Yeah, no, no country, uh, uh, and and you know the the Coens they they'll often um, collaborate with the same people. Uh, like Josh Brolin's been in a few of their movies. Carter Burwell does a lot of their music. He did the soundtrack for, I think, No Country and uh, True Grit, and probably some others. Um, 
they've collaborated with George Clooney a couple times, I think. Um, and then the the Tim guy, the Tim, the guy that's in Buster Scruggs, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, the other guy that's in 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 uh, the tall guy that's in Oh Brother, he's also in um, uh, the Big Lebowski. I think that's another Cohen film. The, the Big Lebowski. <laughs> the Big Lebowski is yeah, has, hilarious. Has um, Jeff Bridges again, uh, John Goodman. Again, dialogue, unbelievable okay, here, dialogue. Here's some director, some things uh, Spielberg has directed. The Fablemans, Marcus Mumford. Oh, that's a, that's a uh, music video, Cannibal. West Side Story, Ready Player One, The Post, The BFG, Bridge of Spies, Lincoln, War Horse, Adventures of Tintin, Tantan in French, Timeless Call, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Munich, War of the Worlds, the Terminal, Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, Artificial Intelligence, The Unfinished, oh, that's a short, Unfinished Journey, Saving Private Ryan, Amistad, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, Hook, The Visionary, Always, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Empire of the Sun, Amazing Stories, The Color Purple, Amazing Stories is a TV series? Amazing Stories was a TV series, which was awesome. Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Twilight Zone, the movie, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1941, Close Encounters, Jaws, Sugarland Express, Savage, Something Evil, Duel, Owen Marshall, Colombo. These are TV series. Yeah, so his older stuff He's is better than his newer stuff. Not a lot of duds in there. Yeah, you're right. Some of them you're that right. I haven't heard of, but... Maybe maybe he's had some duds that he's been executive producer on. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a but. lot of executive producer credits there that I skipped. I was just looking at right. director. Now do the Fargo brothers or the uh, Cohen brothers. The Cohen brothers, but I it's hard to do which one would be the one that would be listed. Uh you could just do probably Cohen brothers or Ethan and Joel Cohen. I've got Joel Cohen here. I'm looking at Cuz a lot of times one will write and one will direct or they'll co-direct. Co-write at what they've directed. Buster Scruggs, Hail Caesar, Inside Lewin Davis, True Grit, A Serious Man, Burn After Reading. Did you ever see Burn After Reading? <laughs> it is kind of, that's, I'm not surprised that that's a Coen Brothers film. Maybe we should have a Coen Marathon. World Cinema, To Each His Own Cinema, No Country for Old Men, Paris, Je T'aime, Paris, Je T'aime, uh, The Lady Killers, Parisian People by Joel and Ethan Coen. There's a lot Intolerable of cru- Cruelty, The Man Who Wasn't There, Oh Brother, Where Are There, The Big Lebowski, Fargo, The Hudsucker Proxy, that's a good one, that's less known, Barton Fink, Miller's Crossing, Raising Arizona, Blood Simple, da 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 um, Raising Arizona is incredible. It's another one that might be a perfect movie. There's a lot of those on there that I haven't seen, so I need to, I need to maybe catch up on my Coen brothers. The Big well, Lebowski, I just have to say, not for children. Hilarious. Unbelievable movie. Unbelievably funny. Unbelievable movie. <laughs> oh, the bowling scene alone is just the scene, just the when the guy is on the phone and he writes something down on the paper and then they do the whole detective thing by tracing the do you remember that? Mm-hmm. The movie is That's so funny. It it's it's incredible and 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 everybody whether you've seen it or not it's you almost probably like know middle, about, middle school married with a bunch of old men yeah, but again fun. again the dialogue right the dialogue raising arizona the dialogue it's it's the cohen's signature and 
It's incredible. There's a, there's a shot in Raising Arizona, which is one of the neatest shots I've ever seen. And this movie was made in the early 80s, I, I believe. 87. Late 80s. It was and made in the late 80s. There's this, mid, mid to late 80s. There's this shot where the camera is going down the road, and it goes for a long time, and it goes up a ladder and into a window, and there's no cuts. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, how the heck did they pull that off? It's a pretty good shot. Hmm. But that movie's incredible. It's no so no good. CGI there. No, I don't think there was any CGI. Yeah. I mean, this was 87. And it is funny. A young Nicolas Cage. Really, li- Nicolas Cage's first yeah. real lead role. And uh, yeah. opposite, uh, what's her name? Holly. I'm having trouble with names today. Is it Holly Hunt or Hunter or Hunter Holly? Raising Arizona. You've got um, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. She plays uh she plays the police officer and Yeah. Her name is uh what's her character's name? Ed Ed, Ed Edwina. Edwina Ed <laughs> just has her listed as Ed here. Yeah, and uh, it's Edwina and he's H. I. McDonough. And it's brilliant. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> the final line of dialogue is incredible. Spoiler alert. This is from 1987. And H.I. McDonough's sitting there laying in bed, and he has a dream, and a dream where he's... In front of him is his posterity, and we were all at the dinner table. There was kids and grandkids and happiness, and I thought, that can't be Arizona. Maybe it's in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I mean, I'm butchering yeah, it, that but is it's funny. Yeah, that, it, I remember that. It just a. It's like a family Thanksgiving dinner type yeah. of thing. If you have not seen that. That can't be Arizona. Shame on you. More shame upon you. <laughs> <laughs> More shame. This is the shame episode. That's the title of it. Shame well, it's on one you. way to unblack pill ourselves is talk about great cinema, great movies. And there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, there's a. It's, it's like since. Since we're LDS and we can't drink, we can drink the movies. <laughs> Although, the, are we still forbidden from rated R? Because we talked about a few rated R shows. Or is that now off of the table? What, it, what is the strength of youth at this point in the world history? Uh, what, what, what have our morals, what have our unchanging morals changed to? <laughs> I haven't looked at the new pamphlet that closely, but I it used to be you couldn't do R and you, you couldn't drink caffeine. You don't hear a lot about like R-rated movies, but I'm also not in the youth programs right now. Okay. I count the money. Don't take the money. <laughs> I got uh, I was had my biannual audit yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> those always go. Are you still the are you still the clerk? Yeah, those are they they go they go smoothly. It's just okay. kind of funny. Everything's done on the internet now anyway. A lot of it. There's still a lot of paperwork involved with reimbursements. Ah, uh, yeah. In our particular ward... When are they going to do away with reimbursements? Just count, count it as a donation. Yeah. Well, okay, well... It's... Our particular, this particular ward doesn't do a lot of that of reimbursement stuff online. You can do a lot of it online. Or I'd still cut a check, but I wouldn't have to like go through the paper receipts they can mm. submit pictures of them onto the internet but not very many you'd have to go through that. the pictures of the paper receipts 
Yeah, yeah. In some ways, it's almost worse, and mm. some ways, it's better. But come so audit you, time, it's easier. Do you look at everything? Do you do you uh, examine with uh, great detail these receipts to make sure certain that every penny is spent no, in accordance uh, with the, I make sure the policies that, of the handbook. I make sure. Nope, I don't. I make no. sure that the requested amount matches the receipt total. Whether and whether or not the money was spent appropriately or not, that's not my. That's the purview of Enzyme not, Peak Advisors. <laughs> that's not my call. Not your call. This is what we would say <clears throat> in the business is above. It's above Mister well, Flood, Brother Flood's pay grade. I don't have a pay grade. I'm not paid. <laughs> but to know, like, the way it's supposed to work, right, is a request is made, and it's approved by God, whoever, the Bishop Rick or the class president and or something. And, and li- not much of that happens. It just, in fact, not even a lot of paying attention to the budget happens. It's just like, we're going to spend X dollars on this activity. Oh, and, so you don't even have to make sure they have budget for it. You just pay well, it. So if they ask, if they but don't, again, so don't ask, don't tell, well, don't ask. Again, don't it's not my for forgiveness later. It How just this isn't my, jurisdiction don't my jurisdiction permission. is just i'm maddie the bookkeeper okay so you don't care you just i know you you're little maddie the bookkeeper what, what are you doing out here <laughs> i come to find you tom cheney i've taken you into custody well i will not go <laughs> <laughs> back to true grit i will shoot you well, i don't believe you will <laughs> Oh, you you shot me. <laughs> <laughs> My short ribs is broke. <laughs> oh, just wonderful movie. True Grit. They told me you had true grit. All I hear is talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good movie. It is. Everybody's going to watch is. it, and then they're going to have a comment. They're going to be like, that was not a good movie. If you don't think True Grit's a good movie, then uh, I don't think more you, shame on you. I don't think that we care if you listen to our podcast. Or more, not. more shame on you, according to Bobby Flood. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's time to wrap this one up. <laughs> okay, that's fine then. Okay, fine. Let's be done with this. All right. No, uh, I'm glad you're back. I enjoyed the podcast. This was fun discussion. Make sure to take your black and your red pill tonight with your regular vitamins. Because you're going to need those vitamins. Yeah, you're always going to need the vitamins. Yeah. And yeah, go have some fun watching movies while you still can. Yeah, enjoy the movies. And remember, we would like you to answer the question, are we human or are we dancer? Oh, is this... uh Israel, Israel, God is calling from... <laughs> kind of sounds like that. That's They play that in the movie. They do. Now, this is the this is called The Grave. It's kind of the theme. Okay. Cinematic theme for True Grit. Okay. Well, on that note, the, I guess we don't even have to do the ending music. You can just play that and send us off. And then the, uh, the, the really... The, there's a, a good song which is darkened out on iTunes. Let me see if I can find it, a different version of it. The credit song. 
is an old folk song. What does that mean that it's darkened out on iTunes? Uh, for some reason, canceled? I can't listen to it on, on mobile. But here's an Alan Jackson version of it. like this so far leaning that's a little more upbeat version of it but well that's a good song. It's an old, it's an old uh, folk song. There's Merle Haggard version. Maybe you could. <laughs> I won't play all of these, but you can. Uh, uh, you can send us off with that. I'll uh, give my sign off, signing off, and I'll s- just remind you. Please comment and get some sort of a comment thread going with somebody other than me and Dimitri on the website. Although Dimitri, <laughs> please comment. Continue. And we love to hear your thoughts and and uh, ideas if you want to give them. Yeah, thanks, thanks everybody, listening. and we will be back again soon. From all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine.